तेजस्वीतमस्तमाषावी शाप्याय मंगाप्राणश्चक्षुश्रोत्र अथो बलमींद्रिया ब्रह्मोपनिषद्रह्म निराकुरा ब्रह्मराकमस्तु अराकरण मे अस्तु तदात्मते यपनिषत्सु धर्मा ते मयि सू ते मयि सू फॉर योर ओन सेफ्टी एंड द सेफ्टी ऑफ अदर्स प्लीज गो वेर अ मास्क इफ यू डोंट हैव वन दिस हैज बीन मेड अ पॉलिसी सिंस वीव हैड सम केसेस यृणोतीजाति सूमा यृणोती अन्यजानातीदूमात अथ यदर्त्यम सगव कस्ति स्वे महिमनी यदि एंड इग्नोर द रेपिटेशन देर स्वे महिमनी यदि न इति हैविंग अंडरस्टुड स्वरूपलक्षणा and tatastha lakshana of bhuma brahman what is swarupa lakshana intrinsic nature its nature as it is like even 
the intrinsic nature of fire is to be what? Hot. Supposing we have a red hot iron ball. Can you touch the iron ball? No. Tapta ayaf pindaha, we call it in Sanskrit. Can you touch that? Not at all. What happens if you touch that? The hands will be on fire. <laughs> Don't want to touch that. But then, the redness and the hotness, are they the property of the iron ball? No, because if you leave the iron ball be, for a few days, what will happen? It will become cool again. So similarly, the Swarupalakshana of Brahman, Bhuma, Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam. Satchidananda Lakshana. Means what? It is not subject to any kind of sorrow. Why? Because it is infinite. Only the infinite is not subject to sorrow. It is the source of all existence. It's the only thing that can be said to exist. All other things exist after it or depend upon it. Like even we have seen this very uh, uh, clearly and at length, pot and clay. Nobody said rope snake. That's good. We have made lot of progress since day one. Pot and clay. So from the standpoint of clay, pot is an incidental expression. It is not intrinsic. But from the standpoint of pot, clay is intrinsic to the pot. Similarly, from the standpoint of everything that has a beginning and an end, called the jagat, bhuma is intrinsic to the Jagat. Jagat is not intrinsic to Bhuma. Jagat is an incidental expression. So then we have the, uh, uh, we have two Lakshanas to know this Brahman, to know this Bhagavan, to know this, uh, this Bhuma, what we are calling Bhuma here, what the Upanishad goes by the word Bhuma. We have two such uh, um, definitions. One definition is like the fire. It is red and it is hot. <laughs> the redness and the heat is the property of the fire, not of anything else that it touches. So similarly, existence, sentiency, limitlessness, they are all what? Identifiers of this Bhuma. We cannot say adjectives. We have already debunked that. There are no adjectives for something that has no attributes. And so, this is a definition like even that which accommodates is space, is a definition of space. Avakasha pradatra, akasha hai. And so like this, in this manner, we see that the swarupalakshana is, is all that is needed to understand the truth of myself, because the, the, it is not just the Swarupa of Brahman, Bhuma, etc. It is the Swarupa of who? Me. But then that's not enough, because we live in a manifest universe, and with all these various things in front of ourselves, it is very, very difficult to look at myself, 
as Satchidananda, to look at everything in the universe as Satchidananda. It's very, very difficult. And so therefore, the second definition, Tatastha Lakshana is given in relation to that which comes and goes. What comes and goes? Jagat comes and goes. And what else comes and goes? The causality, therefore, attributed to this Bhuma, also what? Comes and goes. So that which is free from all, all superimpositions, as though has a superimposition of being the cause of the Jagat. This is just a name. Nama, dependent upon Vak. This is just a name and a form and then it is an interim step. The interim step is important because somewhere I have to take all the aches and pains in the Jagat, somewhere I have to take, put my non-acceptance, somewhere I have to place my self-critique, somewhere I have to put my self-judgment. What about judgment of others? Somewhere I have to put that as well. And so, therefore, I have to, I have to have what is called a resting place. The Adhara of the Jagat and the Jiva is what? Ishvara. Ishvara means Bhuma dressed up as a king. Ishvara. Bhuma with a costume. And what is the costume? King's costume. King of the universe. Ishvara. Cause of the universe. So somewhere there is a place to go and rest the head and say to the Lord, to the Goddess, I am tired of it all. Take me away from this samsara. Don't make me a samsari. Put, take away the samsara from me. Somewhere I have to go to apply for help. Where else can I go other than the altar of surrender? Because the altar of surrender is responsible for this whole universe, responsible even for my karma. And so that is the place to go and this is what I have to see. So here is what I do. This is what I say to myself that, okay, I need a place to rest the head. I need a place to reckon. I need a place to grow. I need an altar of surrender. Why to surrender? Because there are two different uh, parallel realities going on one by one at the same time. Yukapat. Two different realities unfolding at the same time. What are they? Ishwara's reality, Ishwara's plan for the Jagat, and then what? My plan <laughs> for everyone else. <laughs> My plan for the Jagat. <laughs> I also have an agenda. I also have a plan. At any given day, I can tell you exactly how each person should behave. I have it. I have a blueprint for everybody's behavior. This one is too judgmental. Who is saying? And, uh, me, the non-judgmental one. 
<laughs> that one is too critical. This one needs to lighten up. That one needs to take things more seriously. <laughs> this one needs more accountability in their life. And that one needs to just, you know, what's that, you know, drop the responsibility. This one is just a mess. That one is full of fuss. You know, this is how I have a whole list. I have an entire agenda of how everyone else should lead, lead their lives. Not only that, I have an agenda also for my own karma phala, how it should unfold. Yeah. The papas like cockroaches should hide somewhere. They should go. When I come in the room and switch on the light, <laughs> then the papas should all go. Go scurrying away and what should uh, what should be there? Only punya. Punya means comfortable situations in the here and hereafter. That is what has to unfold every single day. Every single minute of every single day, that is exactly what has to unfold. I should wake up in the morning. There should be bed, tea or bed, coffee right there. Nice and hot on a wintry day. And then what? Somebody should ask me what I should, I will have for breakfast and it should manifest. And then there should be no traffic on the road at all, ever. <laughs> when I'm on the road driving. And then I reach the place of work and the boss should say, you know, I have undervalued you. <laughs> I'm going to give you a promotion. When should she or he say that? Every day. In the same way, I go then, after work, I go to grocery shopping. Again, the aisles must be empty. And then everything must be half off. On sale, permanently. And then I come home and everything, there should be no strife. Nothing. And whatever I cook must come out extremely tasty when all the time. And this is how the whole life should be. Is it like that? No? It's not like that at all. And so, obviously there is a problem. Because there is Ishvara's flow. And then my own flow. The flow of my own raga dveshas, which never come to an end, which never come to a stop. I just keep on desiring one thing after the other. I have strong prejudices that I want to uh, get rid of, that I, the things that I want to get rid of, strong preferences of a list of things that I want to collect and have. And so, Frequently there is helplessness. Between Ishwara's flow, the flow of Bhagavan Brahman in the form of the Tatasthalakshana and my flow, whose flow will win? Any ideas? Yeah? Yeah? Naturally, the collective will will overpower the individual will. Naturally. Then I find myself helpless and constantly disappointed, wanting something and getting the 
exact opposite of whatever was desired. This is why I need an altar of surrender. This is why I need prayer. This is why I need a place to just let this agenda drop eventually. First I pray for it to be fulfilled. Bhagavan says, no, <laughs> it will not be fulfilled. Okay, I will let it drop. This is important. It's an important and interim step for self-growth. This is why Ishvara matters. Because we live in a manifest universe. But this is not the ultimate reality. If we think this is the ultimate reality, there will be what? Two. One full of power and me. Who is me? Powerless. One full of Shakti, one has no Shakti. The one who is omniscient and the other one struggling to spell the word omniscient. Always I before E, except after C. <laughs> this is the one. Totally opposite. And so, if the Tatastha Lakshana, the, the looking at Brahman as an as though conditioned reality, conditioned by what? Being the cause of the universe, as though. As though conditioned as the cause of the universe, if the Vedanta Shastra stops there, then there will be what? Duality. That's why there will be desire to merge into Ishvara. I want to be one with Ishvara. Says who? The one that was never separate from Ishvara. This is what has to be known. That is why this teaching goes a step further and if we look at the text, what does it say? Yatra, yatra yasmin brahmani in which bhuma, yasmin bhumni, yatra, na anyat pasyati, the person does not see another, another thing, another person, anything. How can you see another person and how can you not see another person, another thing? Because this knowledge is so well assimilated, whatever you see is what? An extension of yourself alone. Whatever you see is an extension of yourself alone. It is not other than you. The othering is the problem here. And so it is not it not being other than you. Whatever you see is just yourself. Therefore, cannot see another. Why? The understanding of Bhuma as the truth of myself, as the truth of Jagat, as the truth of even this Ishvara is well assimilated. And that is the, the, that is the cause of the removal of sorrow. In the uh, Taittiriya Upanishad also, these two two-pronged approach is talked about. First, it is said that where there is a cessation, a relative cessation of fear, abhayam pratishtham vindate, 
nabibheti kadachana iti. This is the first step. There is a relative cessation of fear. And if we were writing that same sentence here, we would say a relative cessation of shoka, sorrow. Why is there a relative cessation of shoka, sorrow? Because I find myself lifted up, you know, I visualize myself, I imagine myself lifted up by Ishvara who is the cause of the Jagat and I am not the cause of the Jagat, I am just a mere devotee. This is how the person thinks before self-knowledge. I am a mere devotee, I need help, here is the helper, here is the person in, in whose awareness, when I, when I am in Ishvara awareness, there is no fear what, uh, what to talk of anything. There is no fear at all. So there is a relative cessation of fear. Na bibheti kadachana iti. And that same verse is repeated, except the ending line is different. Na bibheti kutashchana iti. Kutashchana means what? There is a cessation of the, not just the cessation of fear, relative cessation of fear, there is an absolute cessation of fear because I discover myself as the absolute. Fear means what? There should be something else of which I am afraid. Look at the preposition that is used with regard to fear. I am afraid of. That of calls for dvaita. Whenever I use the preposition of, there is duality. I am afraid of geckos, snakes, creepies, crawlies, whatever you want, you can fill in the blank. I am afraid of. And that which is qualified by the preposition of will be what? Different from me. And same thing with sorrow. In, in fear, it's much more evident, the use of this uh, preposition. But in sorrow also we say, I am sad because. And that because, when I use this conjunction, because, then I have that, that cause, because of which uh, the sorrow is there. That also is, 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 is that duality. So in the first instance, in the discovery and the understanding of Tatasthalakshana, Bhuma, Brahman, uh, Ishvara, etc. as an as though conditioned reality, conditioned by the attributes of being the cause of the universe. The attributeless Brahman is as though imbued with attributes for the sake of our understanding. Because we live in a manifest universe where we are always interacting with other things, people, situations, circumstances. And so that is, that gives relative cessation of sorrow, fear, etc. But then that is being relative, the sorrow will come back. And that's why people who, you know, people who keep longing for the Lord, in, they may sing some bhajans, darshan kab doge, <laughs> when are you going to give darshan? <laughs> and so they, they, they sing sad songs, 
and then uh, you know so while they sing sad songs they are happy and then after that what after they sing sad songs unhappy and so therefore there is a kind of an immersion in bhajans kirtans prayers pujas etc that keeps the sorrow and the fear at bay it staves it off for a time being but then it comes back what's the difference between that and any other pursuit not much of a difference that's why the keno upanishad says needam yadidam upasate this brahman is not that which you which is an object of worship because if it is just an object of worship then you will never understand this oneness it cannot just stop there so therefore from the standpoint of the swarupa lakshana na bibheti kutashchana iti kutashchana means there being no alternative thing to be afraid of if there are two things i am of i being one of them i am afraid of the second thing that it might be bigger than me it might catch me it might kill me all these things fears will come but if i am the only one then there is no cause of fear if i am the only one again there is the no there is no cause of sorrow and so therefore this second level of understanding is what is expressed in these words na yatra na anyat pasyati na anyat shrinoti na anyat vijanati sabhuma this is bhuma lakshana the definition of bhuma is that where knowing which one does not see anything else other than oneself is it possible to live like that yes it is yes it is it takes some shravana manana nididhyasanam it takes some immersion into vedanta it takes some immersion it takes some uh, uh, serious pursuit and for the most part one does not see another as a threat to one's very existence in fact one does not see anybody as completely different from oneself yatr na anyat pasyati na anyat shrinoti does not hear anything as separate na anyat vijanati anyat vijanati means what does not know anything as separate in any cognition these are three kinds of cognitions shrinoti pasyati vijanati sees hears knows this includes many other kinds of cognitions but here these three are talked about very important and beautiful in every cognition there are three elements what are they pramata let us take anyad na anyat vijanati vijnata meaning knower pramata same thing vijnata vijnata knower that is one aspect of this cognition knower and then what else is there vigneya object to be known object to be known what shall we say should be known tired of pots let's take <laughs> this dazzling dazzling crystal vigneya to be known now what is the appropriate means of knowing ears correct yes no oh, okay 
eyes. And so therefore, the eyes become what? Vijnanam. Vijnata, Vigneya and Vijnanam. In every cognition there is this triputi, this tripod that stands opposed to this oneness talked about everywhere in the Upanishads. In every cognition there seem to be three components, thinker, thought and object of thought. See your sight and uh, say see your sight and uh, manner of seeing. Hearer, object of hearing and the, the sound, the, the, the ears which capture the organ of hearing. In everything there seem to be three things. And they seem to be very, very discreet. If I am the hearer, then I am not the music that I have just heard. I am separate from that. If I am the knower, I am not the object. Let's say, no, 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 I identify with the object, then something else is the subject. If I am objectifying, uh, I am identifying with the object, let's say, something else is the subject. If I am uh, identifying with my eyes or ears, then something else is subject and object. Subject, object means of knowing. These are the three components of every cognition. These are all variable. Thinker varies. Cognizer varies. Right now, I was the cognizer of this gem, crystal. Next, I will be the cognizer of this pair of glasses. After that, I will be the cognizer of pot. So, crystal cognizer, pot cognizer, glasses cognizer. The cognizer keeps changing. The object of cognition also what? Is it the same? Hello? Yeah. So, <laughs> object of cognition, does it change or not? Changes all the time. Not for one minute you are seeing the same thing. And the means of knowing also keeps changing. Now hearing, now seeing, now inferring, now coming to some conclusion, everything is changing. That's why it is very easy for me to see all these as discrete things. But here, that is not na anyat pasyati. Here, anyaha san, I am anyaha and anyaha pasyami, anyam pasyami. I see something separate. Why? Because these three components or aspects of cognition appear to be different. But then, there is an invariable being that is lighting up all of them very quietly without demanding any attention. In fact, so discreet a presence it is. All-encompassing presence, but a discreet presence which I take for granted all the time. Like the Tanpura in the music concert. The music concert, there is something that keeps the notes, the main notes of the raga. It allows the musician to, to go extempore and to take the raga to new heights, to improvise. 
बिकॉज दैट विच दैट विच इज द बेसिस ऑफ द होल रागा द ट्रूथ ऑफ द रागा इज कैप्चर्ड इन दी इन दम ऑफ द तानपुरा विच इज कॉन्स्टेंट एंड देर फोर नॉट रेकग्नाइज देर फोर इग्नोर्ड सिमिलरली हियर टू इन एंड थ्रू एवरी कॉग्निशन इन एंड थ्रू एवरी कॉग्नाइजर इन एंड थ्रू एवरी ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ कॉग्निशन देर इज वन थिंग दैट इज देयर ऑल द टाइम कॉन्शियसनेस दैट अवेयरनेस इट सेल्फ मॉर्फ्स इन टू हियर सीयर थिंकर कॉग्नाइजर दैट सेम अवेयरनेस without any time gap simultaneously morphs into pot thought mat hat cat rat whatever i am seeing whatever i am cognizing and that same awareness that same consciousness morphs into what into sight hearing etc etc all this without itself undergoing any change now tell me is the seer different from the seen say no so we can move on <laughs> say no even if you want to say yes <laughs> because why there is satsang is there at 8 o'clock you can ask questions no problem you want me to repeat this no <laughs> very obedient there is an invisible reality like a string that ties collects and goes through ties together the various discrete pearls one which is called the cognizer one which is called the cognized and one which is called the process of cognition all of them are informed by and in fact all of them are alive because they borrow their sentiency from this consciousness this awareness that is myself alone what kind of an awareness an awareness that is not conditioned by being hearer not conditioned by being the object of hearing and not conditioned by being the uh, mode of hearing and so what am i experiencing in every cognition i am experiencing that same consciousness as though conditioned by the status of knower as though conditioned by the status of object as though conditioned by the status of that which brings or bridges the subject object together which is what the means of knowing all of them are informed by all of them depend upon all of them are because of what because of which consciousness that consciousness is free of all of them all of them are not free of that consciousness therefore na anyat pasyati nothing other than oneself because whatever one is seeing this is a very drastic uh, um, you know this is a drastic uh, postulate so if i am seeing this gem what am i seeing myself <laughs> if i am seeing something else 
somebody else, what am I seeing? Myself. How? Because that consciousness, which is morphing into the, the seer, myself, cognizer, is not separate from that which is cognized. And there is no time gap. It's not like in a play. The same actor is playing many roles. What is that called? Monologue? Yeah, monologue. So suddenly they have to go in backstage and grab a hat or a wig and then come back again. <laughs> and then I am the cognizer. <laughs> Zoom, go away. And then we come back with a beard. I am the cognized. <laughs> and then go away. I am a pair of eyes that is cognizing. It's not like that. Since this consciousness, this awareness which is the truth of me is, is without limits. It can morph as though morph into anything without really becoming any one thing. A beautiful illustration is given in the 10th chapter of the Panchadashi called Natakadipa. Therein a beautiful um, picture is given. Lovely amphitheater, outdoors. No mosquitoes, you have to say that. And then a beautiful dance performance. A wonderful dancer on stage. Dazzling. A very appreciative audience. A very highly erudite and appreciative audience for this concert. A live orchestra. Everybody is enjoying, everybody is play, everybody is clapping. The dancer finishes her performance, takes a bow, goes away. The people also slowly get up and go back home. In this wonderful picture, what are we missing? The lamp. This is what is called Natakadipa, the wisdom of the theater lamp. There is a big firebrand in the middle of the amphitheater that lights up the dancer, that lights up the stage, that lights up the live orchestra, that lights up the audience, that lights up the glee of the audience, that lights up the absence of the audience before they come in and the, that which lights up the presence of the audience after they come and take their seats, that which lights up the empty stage before the performance and that which lights up the dancer during the performance and then that which lights up the stage after the performance is done. One lamp, that is what this consciousness is like. One lamp, one light of consciousness, many cognitions, one cognizer, which is non-separate from cognized, which is non-separate from cognitions. Therefore, na anyat pasyati, na anyat shrinoti, na anyat vijanati, yatra yasmin bhumni sabhuma. Yatra, in which consciousness I can see the unity of this, I can see the oneness of everything, that is Bhuma, and therefore it is impossible to be sad. And then he says, Yatra, uh, by contrast, when one sees everything 
separate from oneself, what happens? Tad alpam. Tad alpam. Whereas, yovai bhuma tad amritam. That where there is this discrete perceptions where the, the perceiver stands as separate from what is perceived due to Atma Ajnanam. Due to Atma Ajnanam, the perceiver stands as separate from the perceived and therefore suffers. And so Alpam means finite. I am finite. This is finite. If I don't have this, I will be doubly finite. And all these, these uh, sorrows come. Whereas Bhuma is Amritam, limitless. Narada is fascinated. Narada is just spellbound. And Narada says, where does it live? <laughs> I want to go <laughs> hug this Bhuma right now. Of course, he, since Narada is very, very uh, educated and very intelligent, he asks this much more nicely. He doesn't say, where does it live? He says, Kasmin Tasya Pratishtha. Where is it based? Because everything has a cause-effect, cause-effect, cause-effect connection. Tree seed, tree seed, tree seed, tree seed. Pot clay. Fabric. Fibers. Cloth. Shirt. Fabric. Fibers, yarn, molecules, each one is the cause of the other. Everything has a cause-effect relationship. So, where does Bhuma go to rest? What is the resting place of this Bhuma? And then the answer is, Sve Mahimni Tishthati. I love that expression. Sve is not S-W-A-Y, okay? Yeah. Sve means... In itself, in its own glory, it, it abides in its own glory. It is glorious and it just is. It doesn't need anything else to rest on. Everything rests in that, in that consciousness, that consciousness being satyam, not being mithya, not needing another thing to rest on, it itself is completely free of needing a resting place. But if out of some curiosity you are asking me, because you want, you want some, you know, intellectual chewing gum, you want. You want to chew on something, because you have this jignasa, then I will tell you it rests in its own glory. But immediately he says, Nava Amahimni, Nava Amahimni, or not in its glory. Why does he say that? The answer is given. Let us read further. Very beautiful. Go Ashwamiha Mahima Iti Achakshate. Hasti Hiranyam Dasabharyam Kshetrani Ayatanani Iti Nahameva Bravimi 
ब्रवीमी होवाज वर्ड ग्लोरी द वर्ड ग्लोरी एज इट इज अंडरस्टूड इन कॉमन पार्लांस द डेफिनेशन ऑफ ग्लोरी इज नॉट दैट ग्लोरियस Why? Because it's a series of anyonya ashraya, mutual codependency uh, and cause-effect, cause-effect kind of a situation, such as what go ashwam, ga vascha ashvascha go ashwam. Go ashwam means cows, horses are seen as glory in those days. The more the cows somebody had, that means a very rich person because you needed land. you needed people to wash the cows and take them to pasture milk them take care of them so a rich person would have lots of cows horses and then iti mahima iti achakshate these are all generally considered as a person's glory further hasti elephants people owned elephants kings etc and then what hiranyam what is hiranyam gold and then das a lot of hired help and then bharya wife and then kshetrani uh, acres and acres of land ayatanani ayatanani means all other things vehicles houses and all other um, all other accoutrements to a wonderful living all that is what is called glory these are the glories and then i am not talking of these kinds of glories o narada sanat kumara says the guru says these are not the glories i am talking about why because they these glories the so called glories the everyday understanding of glories is marked by what is marked by a certain anya uh, uh, anya anyasmin pratishthitah each one is dependent on the other so if you have cows you have to have bought them so they are dependent on the money and then if you have cows then you are dependent on lot of hired help to take care of the cows and then like this on and on and on and on each thing that you have creates a dependency in order to take care of it something else you need and then in order to take care of that something else one needs and so life and all of one's belongings are a series of interdependencies series of mithya 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 each one depending upon the other and if you say so what well, all we can say is that this is not the definition of glory this is the definition of gori with a l silent <laughs> this is not glory at all this is in fact from the standpoint of a spiritual aspirant a sadhaka it is a gory picture because here is a, i have somehow found myself caught in a series of dependencies obligations and various kinds of relationships where i cannot be authentic at all where is the glory here there is no glory at all 
and so therefore he, uh, Sanat Kumara quickly gives all these examples and distances uh, uh, these, these examples from the word glory and that's why he says when you say what is it uh, what is its pratishtha pratishtha means where is it established that means what it cannot be established in any of these things which we call glory which the people in the world call glory because it is a very dire situation and a sad picture. And so therefore, this is not what I am talking about. Then what are you talking about? Then he says, Eva adhastat sa uparishtat sa paschat sa purastat sa dakshinatah sa uttaratah sa eva idam sarvam iti athatah ahankara adeshah So, he says that it cannot have a pratishtha. It cannot have an abiding place or a resting place. What is the it? The unconditioned reality which cannot be separated from myself. Which is this consciousness, which is myself alone, cannot have a place where it lives. Cannot have a resting place. Cannot have a place of emergence because it is not a product. Cannot have a place because it is sarva vyapi, all pervasive. That which is all pervasive cannot have a place. If you ask where is air located, it is not located. That's why it's called anila, without any location. And so similarly here, this consciousness that's limitless, which is myself alone, is what when I look below. Adhasthat, it is there. Bhuma is adhasthat, below. Uparishtat, adhasthat means niche. Uparishtat means upar, up. Paschat. Pashtatat means behind, purastat, in front, dakshinatah, to the south, uttaratah, to the north. This is all, this is, uh, it's, it's everything is this alone. Everything is this alone. And then Narada starts looking around, I suppose. <laughs> That's what I said earlier. Abhuma here, Abhuma there, here Abhuma there, Abhuma everywhere, Bhuma Bhuma. Correct? This is what it's saying. And so Narada starts looking around. Maybe we can visualize him going around with his hands folded because wherever he sees Bhuma Bhuma Bhuma, the most worshipful one, Bhuma Bhuma Bhuma. And then what? Sanat Kumara sees. Okay, there is need for little more instruction. <laughs> Therefore, atha, athatah, after this, ahankara adeshah, the teaching with regard to the I. Because it's not enough to say, there goes this bhuma. That means what? I'm separate from it. It is below, means it is not me. And so the same thing is repeated in I terms. Let us, let us read that. Eva Ahameva Adhastat Aham Uparishtat 
अहम पश्चाद अहम पुरस्ताद अहम दक्षिणतः अहम उत्तरतः अहमेव इदम सर्वमिति इवन इफ यू डोंट नो संस्कृत द वर्ड अहम अहम कमिंग एवरीवेयर मेक्स वन फील्स या दिस इज नाइस नाउ आई लाइक दिस भूमा दिस भूमा इज हु आई एम इट इज नॉट बिलो इट इज नॉट अबव अहमेव पुरस्तात आई एम द वन दैट इज इन फ्रंट आई एम द वन दैट इज इन इन द रियर आई एम द वन टू द लेफ्ट आई एम द वन टू द राइट आई एम द वन अबव आई एम द वन बिलो आई एम एवरीथिंग आई एम एवरीवेयर नथिंग इज सेपरेट फ्रॉम मी एवर नाउ दिस इज दिस रियली ब्रिंग्स इट होम इन अ वेरी वेरी इमीडिएट वे एंड इन अ वेरी beautiful way it all comes back to me how did the teaching begin soham bhagavah shochami i know all these things yet i feel incomplete yet i feel far away from happiness please help me to decipher this sorrow and get past this sorrow let me become the master of this sorrow let me just uh, understand what is this sorrow what is this incompleteness what is this pain what is this sorrow and here when i look around wherever i see is me i am everywhere i am everything what i have i am what i don't have also i am everything belongs to me so to speak i am non separate from everything this is something which is very very beautiful and so this is the atma adesha and then further atma adesha so now the, the the same thing is told from the standpoint of atma what is how is aham different from atma not different but here because since the atma vidya brahma vidya we are talking about therefore it says athatah ಆತ್ಮಾಶಾತ್ಮಾಪರಿಷ್ಟ ಆತ್ಮೀಡ ಆತ್ಮಿಥುನ ಆತ್ಮಂದ ಸಸ್ವರಾಡ್ಭತಿ ತೇಷು ಲೋಕೇಶು ಕಾಮಚಾರೋತಿ ಯಾರಿ ಅಥ 
So, now the same thing is presented from the standpoint of Atma. You can put ditto, ditto everywhere. Atma is where? Above. Atma is where? Down. Atma is where? To the left, to the right, and behind, before, everything. And then, after saying that, little bit something else is said. The self is all this. The one who sees it in this way, uh, knows, it, knows the oneself in this way, pasyati, manvanaha, means thinks like this, understands this, vijanan, who knows this without any doubt and vagueness or error, then the, that person becomes, uh, what is that? Three epithets are given for the jnani, atmakridaha. The Atma itself is the is the field of play. So one does not need anything else other than oneself to be happy. Ah yes, Swamiji, please. One does not need anything other than oneself to be happy. Go back to Bhagavad Gita, second chapter. What is that? Atmani Eva, Atmana Tushtaha. Contented being oneself alone, nothing else. Being oneself alone, one is contented. And so, atma, Atmani, Atmana, Tushtaha. So, Atma Kridaha. And before that, Atma Ratihi. This is all contrasted with the occupations of people, the preoccupations and occupations of people who do not have Atma Jnanam. What are the occupations of people? Entertainment, how do we get? If one doesn't know Atma Jnanam, the entertainment becomes what? Other than Atma. So such people are Anatmarati, not Atmarati. Anatmarati, because they revel in the world of Anatma. And the more one revels in the world of Anatma, what happens? Nothing happens, <laughs> that's the idea. Nothing happens. It's a dead-end show. As long as one is there, some revelry is there, some sukha is there, but that sukha is, has dukkha mishritatvam. It is already mixed with sorrow and then it is anitya. It comes to an end quickly and then it is uh, full of doshas, other fallacies. And so therefore, anatmaratihi, playing in the world of anatma, meaning they don't know everything is atma. That's why. Whereas the person of knowledge here described by Sanat Kumara, Atmaratihi, Atmakridaha. Atmakridaha means the Atma itself is the, uh, is the subject, object, everything. Means of enjoyment. There is nothing other than the Atma. Atma Mithunaha. Atma Mithunaha means one enjoys oneself. One derives joy in oneself. Swarad Bhavati, Atmanandaha, the one who is who has Ananda only in oneself. Swarad Bhavati means the uh, Swarajyam Prapnoti. We see this in the 
ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವಲ್ಲಿ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದಟ್ ತೈತ್ರಿಯ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ಶಿಕ್ಷಾವಲ್ಲಿ ಅಟ್ ದಿ ಎಂಡ್ ಆಪ್ನೋತಿ ಸ್ವರ ಆಜ್ಯಂ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಸೊ ದ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಸ್ವರಾಜ್ಯ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರಿ ಈಸ್ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಸ್ವರಾಟ್ ಸ್ವಯಂ ರಾಜತೆ ಇತಿ ಸ್ವರಾಟ್ ದ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ನೋ ಲಿಮಿಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಎನಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಸೊ ಸರ್ವೇಶು ಲೋಕೇಶು ಕಾಮಚಾರೋ ಭವತಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ದ ಹೋಲ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಈಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಆಟ್ ಹೂಸ್ ಫೀಟ್ ನನ್ ಕೆನ್ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ನೋ ಲಿಮಿಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಎನಿ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಆಲ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ನೋ ಲಿಮಿಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಎಟ್ಸೆಟ್ರಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೊ ದ ವೇರ್ ಆಸ್ ದ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಹೂ ಡಸಂಟ್ ನೋ ದಿಸ್ ಅನ್ಯಥಾ ವಿದು ಹೂ ನೋಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಹೂ ಹೂ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸ್ ಅದರ್ವೈಸ್ ಆರ್ ವಾಟ್ ಅಕಾಮಚಾರೋ ಭವತಿ ದೇ ಆರ್ under the spell of other elements people etc why because as the as long as there are lots of longings then i am dependent on others to fulfill that longing we have seen the whole anatomy of the longing how is when when there is a longing there should be a object of longing subject of longing and then how the two should come together very difficult it is for the subject and object to come together lot of things so there there are many sadhanas that have to come together so there there should be outside factors and then there should be internal factors that cooperate plus there should be karma also karmic factors are also there so then as long as one is under the spell of these various factors one is a dependent dependent upon karma dependent upon some grace dependent upon something or the other dependent upon somebody's kindness to give them something so one becomes a beggar for little scraps of joy and so therefore khaya lokaha bhavanti khaya lokaha bhavanti means that they are they are just uh, uh, you know what they, they themselves become subject to finitude finite lokas so they are in finite they move about in finite lokas they are in the uh, control of lots of finite things and then they, they therefore they are subject to sorrow and on this note i mean there is a couple more verses which i did not include because i knew that we would not be able to finish this uh, fully but then very beautiful and total analysis of how to overcome sorrow very beautiful and so we come to the end of the this particular class and also the retreat swami ji is here we can uh, bring the chair here and we can uh, do that but first we'll say the closing prayer om sarve bhavantu sukhinaha sarve santu niramayah sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kashchit dukha bhag bhavet asato ma sadgamaya tamaso ma jyotirgamaya mrityor ma amritangamaya om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಾವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್